ministry that they're doing. Um, so I wanted to give an update because a couple of weeks ago when we introduced Paul and Kate, uh, I kind of talked about what was going on in my life uh, my w- with my wife and uh, Sadie back there. But um, where did the clicker go? Somebody have that? Okay, um, I'm going to let Paul bring that back up. But um, we had our eyes on a job in Indiana, and the Lord saw fit to not give us that job. Um, and then at the same time, uh, the pastor and one of the elders and, uh, were removed from that church um, through some sinful acts of other elders. So lots has happened in that church. Grateful I'm not there. Um, but that kind of leaves my wife and I in a weird place. Um, so we would definitely appreciate uh, all of your prayers as we kind of just consider um, what that's going to look like in our lives now um, because we finished school and now we need to find a job. Um, so uh, for the time being, we've decided to just up and go to Israel with the seminary. So uh, last week we decided to fly to Israel. So in three days we're flying. So um, that's exciting. We're packing our house right now, and then we have to pack to go to Israel, and um, it's just life is a little nuts for us, um, but uh, that's just kind of what's been going on with us. I know it's been a while since um, I've been up here, and uh, there's a chance I haven't even met some of you because uh, of the new class. Okay, thank you. Uh, the new class of freshmen coming in, um, but I'm just really grateful to be able to, to speak one more time. Um, I was uh, having a meeting recently, and someone described this um, this sermon is my swan song. Um, I don't know if this will be the last time that I uh, teach in the college ministry, but uh, this is the last planned time for me to teach in the college ministry. I may be back, um, but I, I don't know. Does anybody know where the idea of the swan song comes from? Anybody? I looked it up because they said that, and I had this weird, vague memory of what it means, and I was, I was right. It's very strange. Um, the swan song comes from uh, the... Uh, legend that swans spend most of their life uh, virtually silent, and then right before they die, they sing a beautiful song, and then they die. So I'm not sure if this qualifies as a swan song or not. You guys can decide that later. Um, but I, uh, I, nonetheless, I'm grateful to be here and uh, potentially be teaching at least this, uh, this last time, maybe more. We'll see uh, what the Lord does with us in the future. But um, I am excited to, yes, it does work. Um, Paul's just doesn't know how to use technology. It's fine. (laughs) There it is. Um, So I'm really excited to be uh, doing this series or being a part of this series because this is um, something that I've been thinking on for quite a while. Um, A book came across our paths uh, recently, or well, I guess it's been a a year or two, um, and that fits very well within this same concept uh, called Respectable Sins by Jerry Bridges. Very good. If you haven't read it, uh, it's something that I don't, Paul, have you, have you mentioned that uh, during this? Have you talked about it? Okay. Okay. So um, it's a good, it's a good book, and it kind of is going to delve into some of the things that we're, we're talking about through the summer, but um, I like the title that we've gone with, this, this idea of insidious. Uh, because if you look up Insidious, the definitions you get are uh, working to spread harmfully in a subtle or stealthy manner, um, intended to entrap, treacherous, beguiling, but harmful. Alluring is also connected to it. What do you see as a common thread among all of these, these definitions for Insidious? What's a common thread there? 
Sneaky, subtle. Did you say subtle too? Silent, that works too, yeah. Um, unnoticeable, untraceable. Um, it's the, the idea of thinking through insidious sins is um, looking at sins that we maybe don't see all the time or we don't talk about all the time. Um, we have this, this tendency, I think, to um, look at the, the bigger sins, the, the, the more gross sins, um, in one category, and these other kind of daily sins in another category. We see them kind of as two separate things, whereas when you look at Scripture, all sin is uh, disgusting in God's sight. And so the idea of the book, really, that, that brought it to my mind was uh, that all sin, even the little ones, which sometimes, like in the book, is called respectable sins, um, but sometimes people call them pet sins. Um, these are things that we just kind of live with and don't really do anything about. Um, but as we consider what Scripture has to say about these sins, we can't live that way. We can't live as though it's okay for us to just be angry all the time. It's okay for us to, um, to have a, a, a lack of self-control in one area. Or that it's okay for us to um, constantly be uh, gossiping with other people or to, to not have faith, to not believe God's promises. We can't live our lives with these little things in our, uh, in our hearts that we're not getting rid of. So tonight, I want to spend our time looking through um, one of these sins, but I, I do want to, before we get there, look back at Romans 6. This is, this is something that uh, Paul did, I think, on the first week. Maybe it was the second week, but I love, I love this passage for what we're talking about here, um, because it so appropriately describes what we're, uh, what we're to be doing as believers. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to, uh, to Romans chapter 6, uh, flip it open on your phone. Uh, I would, I'd like to be able to look at these things with you guys and show you what God's Word has to say about how we live our lives with righteousness. Um, and I'm not going to read anything specifically uh, to, uh, through this chapter, but just kind of to glance through. Um, okay, I am going to read something. Um, I'm just going to start with verse 1. It's, uh, it, it's, always, it's always challenging to me to read these verses. Paul, um, in Romans 6, uh, starting in verse 1, says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. No. No, we shouldn't do that. So how shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that, and I, I don't want to keep going here because I don't, this isn't, the, this isn't the main point of my message, but I just wanted to stop here. But he essentially goes through here talking about this concept of we shouldn't continue in sin because we were, before we got saved, we were slaves to sin. And now that we have been uh, saved by grace through faith uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, we've been freed from that sin, and now we're slaves to Christ. You can't have two masters. You can't serve your sin, be a slave to your sin, and be a slave to Christ. So we have to choose. That doesn't just go with murdering, adultery, um, perjury. I don't know. What are other big sins that we think of? Like things, we can't just look at those and say, well, I haven't murdered anybody today, so that's good. Um, we have, to, we have to look more into our hearts and try to identify those areas where we've kind of let that sin take hold, and we don't even recognize it sometimes that it is sinful. 
So remember that you are no longer a slave to sin. So as we consider the topic that I want to consider tonight, um, remember that you're not a slave to it. You've been freed from that sin. You've been freed from your sin in order to become a slave to Christ, a slave to righteousness. So the way that we live directly is affected by our position in Christ. Um, so uh, that was all just kind of <laughs> before matters. I guess because I only have one time to talk about this topic, I'm going to throw everything I have at you and hope that it sticks. Um, so I do want to make a bit of a confession tonight. This, I will say, uh, this whole series, very, very painful. Um, I told Paul after his first, um, his first sermon that he did that he was a jerk. Um, I did I don't, really, I don't really like talking about these things, but the Bible talks about it, so we have to. Um, so I have a confession. Um, I put the pro in procrastination. Um, I love to procrastinate for whatever reason. I know it makes my life harder, but somehow I know I do my best work when I'm procrastinating. I know it um, because I, I get such hyper-focus when I'm doing my work at the last minute. But uh, it really started when I was a child. My parents would tell my brother and I uh, when they would leave for the evening to clean our rooms. Do you know how long it takes me to clean my room? Or at least it took young Noah to clean his room? Just a guess. How long does it take me? Hours. Hours? That's a good guess. But no, I would never have wasted hours on something like cleaning. Yes. Two minutes. I would say probably that's pretty close. But it's whatever the time from the garage door opening to my parents coming through the door. That's about how long it took me to clean my room. You know, it was the mad dash upstairs, slamming things into drawers, into the closet, shutting the doors to make sure that there was nothing visible on the floor. Um, so that's that it started young, but it's still, you know, I, I just finished seminary, so I don't have papers right now, but it's it, it, was, it was very much waiting till the last minute, writing my paper in a day or two. Uh, I did that a lot. I know there are probably several in the room that can identify with doing things like that. Um, I'm not going to ask you to point yourselves out, but really, I think that procrastination is, is merely just a symptom of what I had going on in my heart for years that I didn't even realize until somebody pointed it out in my own life. Procrastination is a symptom of a lack of self-control. That's really uh, the, the root issue there is that I, uh, in my 10-year-old <laughs> self, was unable to stop watching TV long enough to go clean my room right after my parents left so that I could enjoy the rest of the evening. But instead, I chose to watch TV and then have a mad dash and then probably get in trouble because I didn't actually clean my room. So that's, that's kind of what how the lack of self-control is evident in my life. Um, what are some other ways that we see a lack of self-control in, in ourselves? Uh, it doesn't have to be you specifically, but like in the culture maybe even too. Wasting money. money. Yep. Yeah. A lack of self-control in how we spend. Yeah. Eating. It's another tough one for me. Addiction, various forms, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, regular life responsibilities are an area that are challenging, even to us. Anybody else? I was gesturing to my wife, by the way. I don't, not half of you probably couldn't see her. She's back there. Um, I don't know what I have here. Okay, yeah, I just want you guys to see that before we go on to our next section. Any other thoughts before we move on? These are all good. Yeah. TV. TV. Yes. What other technology um, do we have a lack of self-control in? Yeah. Phones. Yeah. Social media. Yep. Virtual reality. Something I haven't dabbled in very much because I, I get motion sick, but um, I can imagine that it would be, it would be uh, easy to get lost in that. Any other, any other aspects there? Okay. So I think that as we, as we think through this, you need to start thinking in your own mind, where are some ways that you are lacking in self-control in your own heart, in your own life, um, or where you could see how the culture has influenced uh, the way that you think about things? Um, we, need to, we need to recognize where that's lacking, and we need to call it sin. We need to confess that sin, and then we need to begin allowing the Holy Spirit to change us to be more like Christ. Because ultimately, the lack of self-control is just it's keeping us from being more like Christ because he was the one who is the most self-controlled. In the worst circumstances, he kept his mouth shut. He was being falsely accused, but he kept his mouth shut. He could have very easily set the record straight by showing who he was, but instead he showed restraint so that we could have salvation, so that we could have these conversations and begin trying to make ourselves more like Christ. So as we, as we begin to think through this, I have three questions I want to talk about surrounding self-control um, in an evil, self-indulgent society. I'm kind of pairing those things, or uh, putting those things against each other. There's self-control and self-indulgence, and that's kind of how I see uh, the Christian life versus the world that we live in today, and I think even the world that the Apostle Paul was living in in the early church as well. But uh, three questions, and our first question tonight is, why do we need self-control? Um, why is this even a conversation that we need to have? Why is this something I need to worry about? Um, and ultimately, I think it's because we have enemies all around us. There are enemies constantly vying for our time, for our attention, and we serve one master, right? We n we're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to this world. We're slaves to Christ. So we can't let anything divert our attention from that. Um, so to do that, uh, to, to illustrate this point, I want to look at a verse tonight, but I want to do something unique. I don't know, has anybody ever done a sword drill? Do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? A sword drill. I'm reaching way into the depths of your, your memories here. I love sword drills, and I don't know why we stopped doing them, but they're super fun, and it, I think it introduces a fun, uh, you know, competition into the room here and kind of loosen us up. But um, if you want to participate in the sword drill, but you don't have, oh, okay, I'll, I'll illustrate. If you don't know what a sword drill is, um, you have to hold your Bible in the air, spine down, no pages, no pages up, or no pages down, because that, that's an unfair advantage. And then when I give the verse, you then start flipping, find the verse, and that's, and we go from there. Um, so I'm going to do a sword drill. Does anybody want to participate that doesn't have a paper Bible? Because I have extra Bibles. Um, I, will, I will hand deliver 
They are NIV, and you're welcome to keep them if you want to keep them. I'm going to just make that declaration here. I'm just, I'm just going gonna, gonna to do that. If you want to keep them, you can keep them. Anybody else? Anybody else want a Bible? No? Who? Okay. Yeah, no phones. It's only paper Bibles. No technology. That's too fast. It's cheating. Anybody? Anybody else? No? Okay. You, all right. Thank you, Luke. There it is. Let's go. I want to see it. All right, all right, I'm coming. All right, anyone else? Anyone else? It's okay. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pester you anymore. I'm not gonna force you to do it. But this sword, right? This is the sword of the Lord. You hold it above your head. Spine down, please. Spine is this part, Nathan. Fine is this part. Not pages down. Pages down is cheating. I'm watching. I'm looking. Okay. All right. And wait until I say go. When you find it, you stand and you start reading. If you stand but don't start reading, I have no obligation to give you any, any prizes or any recon, uh, recognition, okay? All right. I got to figure out what verse I'm doing. Okay. Get your hand. You are fine, Stanton. Quit complaining. Jeez. All right. Ephesians 5, wait, I said wait till I say go. Stan, look at this guy. Stan is, he's ready. He wants to win. All right, this is a fabulous to average prize, just so you know. And pride, you get pride. Well, that's a bad thing, but you get, you know what I mean. Okay, Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. Wait. Go. You just stand and start reading. No. That's oh, okay. I heard I actually heard Emmanuel first. All right, Emmanuel, start re- did you lose it? Okay, you got it. All right, read it for us. Read it for us. <laughs> just sixteen. There we go. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. We're going to do more. We're going to do more. Oh, Emmanuel, would you like a Reese's peanut butter cup? All right. Well, you can have the pride and figure out what you want to do with the Reese's. As you listen to me open this, no doubt the recording is not going to be quality. All right. You do what, it, do what you want. All right. Okay. All the excitement. I forgot what we were doing. Okay. We're going to do two more. You can put the Bibles down. We're not going to do it yet, okay? I want to talk about this verse, and then we can do another one. All right, so just so we understand the context here, um, we're looking through, uh, if you look through chapter, um, chapter 5 here, if you look down, we're, we're comparing the idea of the light and the dark. Um, the Apostle Paul is, um, is identifying what should not be present in, in believers in our lives and then exposing sin and cutting it out. He, he compares the light and the dark, the good and the evil. Excuse me. And then we get down to verses 15 and 16, and he says, therefore, this is the basis. We're really blazing through the context here, but this is the, this is the foundation here. He says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So uh, this, this idea of the light and the dark, the wise, the unwise, this constant comparison. And if you look throughout Paul's writing, he often describes the old man and the new man. 
So we should identify what are those things that we, we maybe uh, were identified as, as unbelievers and then what we should look like now. So it's not just not enough to put those things off, but you have to replace them with the right things. Um, but why? This is the point we're getting to. He says, um, look carefully how you walk. What does he mean when he's saying that? What are, what are, what are we doing with the walk? What's he mean? Right. But what is, what is the walk? Why, why walk? What does that mean? Is it just walking? Life. Living life, right? It's living life whether you're living it by the spirit or whether you're living it by the flesh. So he's, he's saying be careful. Pay attention. Be focused. Be focused on what you're doing. And as you go throughout your life, don't live like the unwise. And if you turn over you'll see what the unwise are like. Uh, he says in verse 2, walk in love just as Christ. But then he says in verse 3, but sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not be named among you. And then he goes on. So that's what it looks like to walk by the flesh. What does it look like to walk as the, uh, as the unwise or, or as the wise rather than the unwise? Um, and then he says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. This is, uh, I think, the the main, um, the main point here that we're getting to, why are we supposed to do this? Because the days are evil. Because our, our world that we live in is evil, and it's governed by someone who is evil, and he wants to do us harm. And so we need to walk as the wise, making a good use of our time, because days are evil. Now, um, I'm going to kind of hone in on time tonight, just because I think it's, it's really it's a really easy um, way to look at our self-control and how we, how we use our time, how we use that resource that God has given us. We can quantify that by looking at our time uh, and what we use. Um, and he says making the best use of the time because time is a precious resource. Time is something that God has given us that we can never get back. We can always get more money. We can always build new relationships we can kind of rebuild our lives, but we can never get our time back. Think about that. We never have access to what we've wasted. I th that, that really hurts me when I think about that and all the time I've wasted doing really dumb stuff. Looking at stupid things on Instagram or like there's, there's nothing worth when I look back and it's been two hours of me scrolling on my phone, there's nothing worthwhile from that. It's a precious resource and we will never get it back. But we can also look at it as an investment tool. So I wouldn't open one of those windows and just start throwing my money out the window. So why are we content to waste our time? Why are we content to let our time um, be lost to these other things that aren't worthwhile? So let me ask you, how do you use your time? Not, this is a metaphorical question. Think about it. How do you use your time? What are you doing? How do you keep track of your time? I would encourage you, if you have on your phone some sort of a screen time app, to just take a look. See what you're doing. Because most of the day, I feel like we're looking at our phones for some amount of time. So see what you're doing. And consider, I'm not saying that all of the things that we do on our phones are bad, but just consider is it worth it? Is it worth your time? Is what you're doing there going to ultimately benefit your life and make you more Christ-like? So the way that we use our time is our self-control. So 
there are, there are so many things that we have in the course of our day, so many good things that are vying for our time, whether it's work or family or relationships. Uh, but we also have enemies that are vying for our time, and they want us to waste it. They're trying to get us um, to give away our time. They can't take it. Satan can do nothing to take your time away from you. What God has given you is yours. He can only get you to spend it where, uh, where it might not be most beneficial for you. It may be a good thing, but it might not be the right thing. And oftentimes, too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. Um, so think about what are some time thieves in your life? Or maybe what are some common time thieves? Time thieves. These are things that we just, we live with every day. And you guys are probably just, it's so ingrained in our society that we just do it. YouTube, um, social media of all kinds. Um, uh, it could be games of some sort. But what, what are we willing to, what are we willing to give up for the sake of self-control? What are we willing to say, nope, this is, this is too much. This is, I don't need to do this anymore. Because you and only you are responsible for how you spend your time. You're the only one who's going to give account for what you do in a day. So consider that. So as we think about it, let's return to the first question that we've asked. Why do we need self-control? I think this verse makes it really plain. I probably could have stopped after two seconds uh, reading the verse. Why do we need self-control? Because the days are evil. Because there are enemies that are constantly working at us. We need to not be like the world. We should be different. We should look differently. We should live differently than the world. This kind of leads us into our second question, so let's, let's just go straight into that. What happens if we neglect self-control? Is it working? Okay, good. What happens if we neglect self-control? All right, we're going to do another sword drill. Swords up, spines down. I feel like there's less participation this time. I don't know if that's just people are weary because, you know, they lost. It's okay. But all right. For those of you who are participating, wait until I say go, please. Proverbs 25, 28. Go. Okay, I'm giving it to Jacob. I heard Jacob's voice first. I don't know if he's closer to me or what, but Jacob, you get it. All right. You don't want it? What is, do you guys not like, do you guys, are Reese's a bad candy? Like, self-control, don't play that with me. Come on. Unbelievable. All right, I'm going to read it in case you did not hear Jacob because there was a bit of a clamor uh, for the reading. It says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. What is, what is the simile that's happening here? What are we looking at? A man is compared to what? A city. What do cities look like in the ancient world? They had walls. Yeah, cities had walls. What was the purpose of the wall? Keep out invaders. What was the other purpose of a wall? Well, one of the other purposes. There are probably many purposes of walls. What was one other purpose? Keep out bad things. Keep good things in. 
There, there you go. The context clue of my motion. Keeping out the bad things. The walls are um, a restrainer. And if you look at this word here, it actually has the idea of restraint. The translation that I have actually says a man without restraint over his spirit is like a, a city without walls. So it has the idea of restraining something. So think of yourself like a city. Think of yourself in these terms. What is self-control? Okay, in the metaphor, it's a wall. Yes, self-control acts as a wall around your life. The self-control, and this is why I think this, this topic specifically is so important. I think it's a, a basic, basic truth that we have to get, we have to grab a hold of. We have to understand that self-control leads, or a lack of self-control rather, leads to a myriad of other sins. Let me just ask you this now. What are some sins that we enter into because of a lack of self-control? At the base, the root here is a lack of self-control. What are some of those sins that we talked about earlier? Okay, but what, what is the, social media is not necessarily inherently bad. Okay, endless scrolling. Okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things that are on social media that are not biblical, not godly, correct? Others? Yeah, uh, time out of the word because you're, uh, I, there are many mornings where I hop on my email before I read my Bible. Many mornings. I don't, I don't get emails. I don't even know why I do it. Go ahead. <laughs> Gluttony. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one that's really um, important that we talk about because we don't often talk about it in the church is pornography. How often... Uh, do we allow ourselves to be on technology so much that we just kind of, the clicks just keep drawing us, keep drawing us closer and closer to those, those sin patterns? This is something that the church needs to be talking about because it's not just outside. It's not just in the world. It's quite possibly happening in this room. So the way that we interact with the things that we have in our, in our world, in our life, affect our spiritual well-being, not just our physical well-being. While gluttony is a, uh, it, it affects our physical being, it's called a sin in the Bible, so it also affects our spiritual well-being. It's easy for us to understand because we talk about the sexual sins, so are we, I, the Bible talks about sexual sins so often, it's easy for us to put that in the right category and say, yeah, that's clearly a sinful thing, um, and we shouldn't be doing that because it does affect our, 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 our heart. It affects the way that we see people. It affects the way that we see God. But we've got to start opening our eyes to those other things uh, in our life that might be uh, being caused by a lack of self-control. One of my favorite um, ways to describe this came from a book by Heath Lambert uh, called Finally Free. It's actually about pornography, but it, I think this is a principle that can be used for any uh, sin issue. He talks about this, this, uh, this sin taking root in your heart. And if you view yourself as a room, um, like a 10 by 10 room, that's you, uh, th it starts out as a little weed. It just starts out as, 
um, you know, a dandelion type of uh, flower. You guys know the rumor weed, right? The, the veggie tails rumor weed. I got a few people on that. Okay. So it starts out small, right? It's, a, it's something that's, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You probably can justify it fairly easily. But over time and repeated, repeated going back to that, it ends up filling your room so that it blocks out all the light. And we just talked about the light with Ephesians uh, 5, 15, and 16. If we allow these things to take root in our lives, they block out all the light. It takes over everything. So we can't think clearly. We can't see clearly because our relationship with God is so broken because of this sin, even though it's a small thing. We can joke about some of these things. They're, they're, the, the concept of gluttony is often called the pastor's sin. Does anybody not see a problem with that? We can't, we can't go on talking about these things in a category where it's kind of silly or where it's, where it's okay for us to have this. Oh, I'm a redhead. I'm kind of, kind of angry all the time. Like you don't have an excuse for anger. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> everybody's, looking at, everybody's looking at you. I'm really sorry. It was, not, it was not directed at you. We can't justify the sin that we allow to live in our lives. So what happens when we neglect self-control? What happens if we let those walls fall down? What does the verse say? A city that's been broken into. When an invading army comes in, they take everything. It's all gone. You become empty, spiritually empty. There's nothing left for, for you to, to worship God or to encourage a brother because you've let, you've let your wall down and your sin in. So I encourage you, Think of yourself as that room and start digging at that root. Start digging at it. Recognize that it's sinful. Confess it and then start working at it. This actually moves pretty, uh, pretty well into our final question here. How do we grow in self-control? How do we grow in self-control? Our last sword drill. We've got two winners. Who's going to be the third? Swords up, spines down. All right. Last one, Galatians, wait till I say go, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, go, oh, if it's Mrs. Hissler, she's disqualified, I, it went down early. That's right, keep reading. There it is. All right. Thank you. Oh, Nathan. Nathan gets a reason. Do you want it or do you just want me to throw it into the crowd? Okay, he wants it. All right. My goodness, you people. Reese's cups are one of the best candies. Thank you. All right. I apologize to those of you who don't like Reese's or are peanut inhibited. I understand. My apologies. If you are, Tell us so that we don't eat the Reese's or something. <laughs> anyway. Okay. How do we grow in self-control? It says it here. Um, but let's grab the context here in Galatians 5. He is talking about, the Apostle Paul here is talking about 
the Spirit in the flesh. He says, again, walk by the Spirit. That means live by the Spirit. As you live your life, be controlled by the Spirit. We're not to be living in the flesh. So there's a contrast between uh, verses 16 through 21 and verses 22 and 23. There's a contrast there. Um, And then in verse 24, he says uh, that we have died to the flesh, right? We are dead to sin, we are dead to flesh, and we are alive to Christ. So it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So as we, as we consider this, uh, this idea of how we grow in self-control, we first need to recognize that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Yes, there is the concept of self-discipline or self-control worldly as well. Um, if you look at productivity books, you could probably scroll for hours on the Amazon page, though I don't recommend scrolling for hours on Amazon. Um, you could scroll for hours on the things that you can learn about productivity or time management even just through worldly eyes. But when we consider what, fruit of the, what the fruit of the Spirit is, what we consider um, self-control as a fruit of the Spirit, that's not something that you can just do on your own. It's not something you can will. Um, as I heard a sermon once that talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, because we're connected to the vine, the vine being Christ, and we're just, we're just trying to be a branch bearing fruit, right? We can't squeeze the vine and make grapes pop out. We can't squeeze it and make fruit happen. So it's not something we can do. It's something that the Spirit does within us, something that the Spirit grows in our, own, in our hearts. As we submit to Him, as we walk by the Spirit, as we walk not in the flesh, as we put those things off and put on our new life in Christ, as Paul talks about in uh, Colossians 3, as we do that, the Holy Spirit will grow those things in our lives. We're dead to the flesh and we're alive to God. Um, And how do we do that? We do that by continual confession, continually confessing our sin, continually confessing a lack of self-control, whether it's time management or food or relationships or technology or work, whether any of those things, you need to confess it, recognize it, confess it, and then seek the fruit of the Spirit, which is self-control. After you do that, those muscles grow, those things that, uh, that... were once foreign or maybe difficult to do, they begin to grow. It begin, begins to be more reflexive. You start doing that naturally. You start recognizing your sin. The more you confess, the more you recognize your sinfulness. That's the great thing about becoming more godly. If you ever talk to anybody who you consider godly, they'll tell you how ungodly they are, which is just unbelievable to me because you see, I see them as godly, but they see themselves. They know themselves. So as you get to know yourself, the more you get to understand how truly wretched you are, how truly broken you are in the flesh. And then that you are saved from that. You are brought away from a life of sin. So you confess it. You seek Christ. You run to him. You run your sin so that you can be in a right relationship with Christ. Our growth is not of us. Be clear on that. You can't do this alone. But, let me equivocate a little bit, back up. You have to do something. You are required to fight. You are required to confess your sin. You are required to live by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. That's a command. That's something you can do. 
So we pray and we ask God to give us help, to use the helper that he's given us in the Holy Spirit to grow us in these things. And God will provide, he'll give you answers. So as we wrap this thing up, um, it's easy for us to uh, throw some Christianese on some of these things. Uh, are you guys familiar with the term Christianese? I don't know if it's maybe out of vogue or whatever, but um, just pat Christian phrases, just stuff that we say that, that sounds good. Um, stuff like walking by the Spirit, dying to self, um, abiding in Him, right? It's easy for us to say those things and encourage each other in that way. Um, but it, it's good, and it's tr- those things are true, but it's not always the most practical, just to hear that. So what does it look like? How do we do that? How do we, how do we grow in this? Um, so I, I want to give you guys three exercises um, to, to put this lack of self-control, uh, or really any sin. These are, this is true for all sin. You can apply this um, universally. Um, so you put it to death and grow in, uh, in self-control or grow in uh, whatever fruit of the Spirit uh, best corresponds with the sin that you're working on. Um, so growing in self-control, first we need to, oops, look at that. All right. Evaluate yourself. Look, take time and look within yourself. Be critical. Think hard about how you live your life and what areas of life are, uh, lacking self-control. They're lacking Christ-likeness. You know what you struggle with. You know your heart. There are probably some people who have a good idea, but maybe they don't know. They don't know everything. Um, maybe you're pretty good at hiding some things or, or going around um, uh, going around the people that you trust the most. Evaluate yourself. Um, this can be really practical, too. Uh, get an app, uh, something that's going to help you to, to manage whatever it is that you're, uh, that you're struggling with. Whether it's gluttony, uh, you can get a calorie tracker and kind of keep yourself accountable to that. Um, or if it's uh, time spent on your phone, set limits on your, on your uh, screen time apps. Um, or, or if you need to, if you like spreadsheets, um, I know that there are some people in here that like spreadsheets, I'm sure. Um, put, it, put together a spreadsheet. Build something that's going to work for you. Use a pen and paper. Whatever you need to do uh, to start working on these things, journal it out. I don't, I don't care what you have to do. Figure it out for yourself so that you can start growing in Christlikeness. Next, confess your sin. Confess your sin. These are sin areas. It's not just, um, well, this is something I struggle with. Call it what it is. Because I think when we call it what it is, it loses power. It's not a struggle. It's a sin. And you need to confess your sin. You need to fight against your sin. We're called to war through the Spirit. We live in a constant battle. That's why we need walls. That's why we're, we're called a city without walls if we don't have self-control. We need those walls because they protect us. But they also keep us on track. Building those walls uh, using, your, using your evaluation tools helps you to understand so that you can keep yourself on the right track. So that you can protect yourself from those sins. And then finally, find accountability. You need help. I need help. We all need help to, con- to deal with our sin. 
find somebody, whether it's an accountability partner, one of your friends, um, maybe you have a mentor, talk to them, confess your sin to them. Because when we talk about it, it loses its power. When we bring things into the light, it loses its power. Because the darkness hates the light. It hates it. That's what we missed in Ephesians 5 when we just scanned right over it. The darkness hates the light. So when you look at your room and it's dark because of all those weeds, start letting the light in. Cut those branches down so you can get to the windows and tell people. Talk to people. You need help. Because sin breaks our union with God. We can't live in sin and be right with God. So you need to make sure that you protect yourself from that because God hates sin, so we must hate sin. Do these things together. And just remember, we talked about it earlier, these sins don't define you. You're not bound to these sins forever. You can overcome them. Though sometimes it feels like you might not. But if you follow these and you seek out truth, if you seek the light, God is faithful. He'll give you what you need. He'll give you the fruit of the Spirit so you can overcome that. And then he's going to show you another sin area in your life and you're going to do it all over again. But that's what we're called to do. Constantly be putting to death our sin. We can do that. We can do it together. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We have the church around us and we have the word of God before us. And as we, as we consider those three and how they work together, they're going to build walls to protect you. To protect you from these sin habits. And they're going to help you live a life of self-control in an age of self-indulgence. Even though our culture says it's okay, they might even celebrate these sins. We know better. God has shown us in his word what we're to live like, what's, what right living, what safe living is like. He's shown us that. Let's live by it. God, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for your word and how you reveal in it our sin and our, um, our failings. Um, God, we pray that you all show us more and more each day where we are not like you so that we can start to root those things out. We can cut them out. We can let the light into our lives. Help us to find others who are going to help us do that. Encourage one another uh, on in Christ's likeness. Father, we thank you so much for all that you do, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, I want to take a few minutes. Sorry, it's, it's kind of late, um, but I just want to take a few minutes to talk through some of these questions together. Um, just break up into groups of like two, three, four, five, I don't know, you pick. Um, break up into groups and, uh, and talk through these questions together. Um, and then at the, at the very end, I do want you guys to, um, to get personal um, and identify an area where you want to grow. And then I want you each to pray for each other. Um, you know, you can go around in a circle however you want to do it. But just find somebody uh, and, and um, discuss these things together. All right, go ahead.